0: This is the Potswoggle Network, a podcast network with entertainment.
1: Welcome back, couch potatoes and TV junkies. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picked Up. My name is Robert and I'm here as always with my good friend, former roommate and co-host,
0: Rich. That's right, the other half of the Stream Team. The Stream Team that's solid. That I've been sitting solid. on that
1: all day. Oh, my God. Well, that's a keeper. That's going to get worked in the rotation. And I am very happy to add that we have a guest host this episode straight from Florida, my dear sister, Kelly. Woo.
2: Hello. I'm very excited to be here.
1: <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> How much more genuine can you get than that, folks?
2: Not very.
0: well it's lovely to finally make this a family affair uh you've been a a a friend of the show for a long time now um uh big fan been been chiming in here and there and it's great to finally have you here at uh, picked up headquarters um to to do the real thing
2: yeah i've been dreaming of this day since your first um first episode And I'm super excited and also very nervous and self-conscious. So I'm trying to move past that.
1: Oh, don't worry. The laughs will start coming in and it'll all be good. And
2: all
0: the cold medication will start
1: to take hold. Yes.
2: That's
0: going to work. We'll be able to pinpoint the minute, the second, that the like, oh, yeah, there it is. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. There's the NyQuil. Yeah, Um, you know, I've just been watching
1: TV (laughs) 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 or something. I don't know. One time, one time I um, had to go, this was in college, I was interviewing for an internship for Wells Fargo, Uh and I was really sick, and I didn't have any day quill, so I took night quill, and I remember it hitting right in the middle of the interview, (laughs) and it, it was like time slowed down, it was great.
2: Yeah, I I remember when you had that internship for Wells Fargo, and then I got that internship uh, because I was visiting you at work. (laughs) (laughs) yeah
1: i got this internship and then sometime in the middle of the year or the next year kelly just showed up (laughs) and they were literally like would you like to work here and and he's like
2: sure yeah that was uh made some good money that summer
1: yeah kelly so kelly's visiting from florida she's another ufer and tsfer just like rich and i so
2: uh have we talked
0: about what we do here
1: Oh, we haven't yet, no. Kelly, uh, as a good fan, knows, and Rich and I as the creators and hosts of this podcast know, but what we do here is discuss television. In particular, every week or every other week, Rich and I select a different TV show to watch the pilot episode of. And from that viewing, that is what we use as a jumping-off point of discussion, whether or not we like the show enough to pick it up for a whole season order, but also just to examine the finer points of what makes good
0: TV or bad TV and what makes taste, you know? So, uh, but before we do any of that, mm-hmm. I like to pose the age-old question Yes, of, Ayo, Robert, and in this case, Ayo, Kelly, what you watching?
1: Well... I've been rewatching some stuff. I'd be okay. happy to get into it. I would like to pass the mic off to Kelly first to have her field that question. Yeah.
0: Kelly, what do you uh what do you watch like on the regular? What have you been getting into lately? What are some of your like go-tos?
2: Um, my go-tos, um, especially I just I just recent, recently graduated with my associates. So I've had um after school I ended for the semester, I had a lot of time on my hands, and I really like uh rewatching Thirty Rock is a classic. Uh, comedy Bang Bang is a little bit weird, but I love it for some reason. So um, that's been really great. But I have also been getting into um, the most recent season of American Horror Story, which is Hotel, and has Lady Gaga uh, in it, which I think she's been nominated for something.
0: She, uh, she was recently nominated for a Golden Globe yeah. for it.
2: Yeah, she does p- pretty good. I like it.
0: How would you say
1: you watch most of your TV? Are you a Netflix gal, a Hulu gal? Are you uh, just a other Unidentified means <laughs> uh, the the classic coaxial
0: cable.
2: Oh golly! No. Um, mostly Netflix. Um, that's that's how I get most of my TV hits. But um, I also, you know, ascertain episodes via other interweb means.
1: Yeah, the internet is a magical place. <laughs> sometimes I just I just trip over um, content.
2: Yeah,
0: you know, sometimes you just land in the dark net you know oh.
2: <laughs> and all of a sudden you got a shipment of opiates on the it's way fa- to you. it just happens sometimes <laughs> just happens. yeah
1: you know sometimes i'm expecting like an email from like h&m and then all of a sudden it's just <laughs> every season of game of thrones and it's right there and it's, what am i supposed to do with it
0: uh, uh, look It found me.
1: Everyone knows that you can't send something back in the internet. You can only send it forward. The
0: the internet chose the wizard. Exactly. um, Mm. uh, uh, So what is it? Okay, the last one. uh, All right, a couple things. Mm -hmm. Uh, You mentioned you've been watching Comedy Bang Bang, the series. Yes. Um, And I, I watched the first couple seasons of that as well. And it was, like, a little bit more traditional. They were, like, 20 episodes or something like that. And it was on IFC. Mm. Um, but, like, aren't they doing, like, 40-episode seasons or something now? And they're releasing, Ooh. like, on Netflix, like, half seasons?
2: Um, I can not attest to the fact, I believe they are releasing half seasons on Netflix. Yeah. Because, yeah, they'll, like, I'll see the little picture. It's, like, new episodes. But I don't believe they're making that many episodes per season, Um, additionally on Netflix, they don't have any of the new episodes with Kid Cudi, which is very disappointing to me because I'm a fan of Kid Cudi as he, he was a, um, he was a guest on one of the comedy bang bang episodes. He's very charismatic, very funny, and, uh, also a talented musician. So, um, and
0: a great replacement for Reggie Watts, who they lost to the late, late show with James Gordon, Mm -hmm. which was, yeah, (laughs) there was a, um, that got announced towards the end of 2014 And there was a super hilarious and awkward moment on I think it was one of the Doug Loves movies Twelve Guests of Christmas Mm -hmm. where somebody asked Scott Ackerman about Reggie Watts and like he played it off at first as like, ha, I don't want to talk about it. I'm 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 upset about it. And then like they like pushed him again and it was like, Yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. (laughs) And it like got real for a second. Damn. Yeah. Um Go ahead. I was gonna
1: say, I mean, uh I know nothing about that show. And I like how long had had it been the two of them, Reggie Watson and Scott Ackerman? Like, uh,
0: I mean, since the beginning, yeah, like the show started the show it is very, very different from the podcast. Right. Um, it's a lot more like surrealist humor, um, a lot more uh not, not even so much surreal as it is absurd, mm-hmm. I think. Um and it is it is kind of an acquired taste. Like I said, I watched like the first couple seasons and like really tried to get into it. And it like, as much as I love Reggie Watts and all the people involved, like I think Scott Aukerman's a good host. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's as funny to me as he is to like his friends. He's probably yeah. a hilarious friend. Um, mm. But yeah, like just for me, he never really tickled that titty. What? I don't know. <laughs>
2: Well, um, he, he, you could say he tickled my titty. <laughs> um, I, for, you know, I really have trouble putting it into words why I like Scott Ackerman, but I, I like him a lot. I think it's because he seems like a very sincere person, like, in his comedy and in real life, um... You know, when he's hosting the podcast comedy, Bang Bang, I feel like he does a really good job helping, you know, manage the flow.
0: Facilitate things.
2: Yeah, because it gets crazy. Yeah. Um, but also I've read interviews and he's like, he's super, like, he really respects his fans. and He's really patient. He even, like, he, I tweeted at him. I said, like, I love Scott Ackerman. His corniness is an inspiration to me. And he liked it.
0: He's a cool, he seems very nice. And he seemed, he's a super sharp dude, too. Like, yeah. he's one of the co-founders of Earwolf.
1: So, like, he knew where all this was going going yeah he was also involved in another show we recently discussed Mm -hmm. with bob and david as a, a, he was involved with the original yeah um with mr show oh he was i didn't know yeah cool yeah,
0: Yeah,
1: mr show yeah i i get what you're saying there's a kind of that is they're kind of like in their own little family of this a little bit absurd surreal and kind of i don't quite know how i feel about that um i haven't watched a lot of comedy Bang, bang. I, I kind of like my fictionalized stuff. Like, Kelly, I tend to watch a lot of 30 Rock. I've recently been rewatching a lot of Arrest Development, which I'm bananas over. Yes. And I am still finding brand new things of course. in it.
0: That's an incredibly rewarding show to rewatch.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's really good. Really good. Just crazy about it. Did you watch
0: all of it or uh, Arrest Development? Yeah. Uh, only once through. Okay, well, well, fair. Like, technically, yes, I watched all of it. But in comparison to, like, the bigger picture, Mm -hmm. I feel like I've barely scratched the surface, and I can't say I've watched all of it. Because I haven't seen all that there is to offer.
1: I I think I like things like that with, like, density. Like, really dense. And 30 Rock can be like that, too. You can rewatch it and notice certain things. Or, like like set dressings of like stupid shit or like, like uh voiceovers, like calls to the sets that are, you mm-hmm. know, jokes that you didn't even realize.
0: Yeah. Um, do you have any like all time favorites
2: all-time uh, for favorites. shows? Yeah. Um, well, I am a super big fan of 30 rock and parks and rec. Uh, I, I like my, you know, modern female comedians. I, they, they give me hope and inspiration, and it feels good. Um, also, I can identify really strongly with both Liz Lemon and Leslie Nope, like in different ways. Like I have a very ambitious side, but I also have a very uh, lazy, pathetic side. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I mean, when I think about like Toad's faves, those guys just really come to mind.
1: Yeah. What else do we watch? A lot of Powerpuff Girls. Oh
2: yeah, oh, Big- way back.
1: Way from the Wayback Machine. Kelly and I grew up watching a lot of stand-up, I feel like. Like, we watched Comedy Central very, very young. Mm -hmm. And, like, I feel... I don't know how you feel about SNL, but I mostly just remember watching a ton of stand-up together.
2: Yeah. um, Comedy Central was on in the house, like, constantly. Always watching the Comedy Central Presents. I remember who... I remember when they switched from the original host of The Daily Show to Jon Stewart.
0: Craig Kilborn.
2: Yes, And I I remember, like, being upset at the change. Even though I was way too young to, like, understand the jokes or anything that was being discussed, the TV was just always on. So, like, when my brothers would laugh, I would laugh. And then eventually I started getting jokes. And that was a great step for mankind.
1: Yeah. I think another big, uh, you know, just to speak from... My perspective, I think The Simpsons was another mainstay, mm-hmm. you know, even if it's not like I feel like The Simpsons is a show for a lot of people or definitely is for me is like, I wouldn't say that's my favorite, but I would say it's definitely instrumental in my sense of humor and everything.
2: Yeah, a lot of these shows, you know, I definitely yeah. have fond memories of, but like I as far as like things that I I watch currently that I can like quote from and really engage with people and conversations um, you know, I love those shows, but I just, I haven't seen enough of them recently.
1: What's a crappy show that you like started watching and you're like, no, I can't do it. Or something uh, that you're just like this show or a show that maybe everyone loves that you're like, this is garbage.
2: Oh gosh. Um, well, I don't, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to poo poo this one show too much cause I really didn't give it much of, much of a chance and I've heard good things, but, um, Netflix started promoting a show, F is for family.
0: Oh. <gasps> The the oh, Bill Burr animated uh, yeah. yeah the animated series no. that just recently <laughs> came on.
2: I I watched a little bit of it and maybe I'm just like becoming very sensitive to like super negative humor that I really couldn't engage with it didn't like it too much. But I was like, there's already like there's already a place in my heart for like dysfunctional family comedies and I don't have any more patience for it. Uh,
0: I and because I also I watched the first episode of that. I watched the. I watched like all of them. You
1: wow. I like Bill Burr a lot. I know you do. And I like Bill a lot.
0: Damn, it, it like just came out. Yeah, yeah, it did. <laughs> um, I kind
1: of slept, watched. Like we need to put the note to self. Write the dictionary <laughs> for submission. Slept, watched. No, I slept, watched like two episodes, but the others, yeah.
2: yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was. Uh, this was going to go off on a branch of a different show. So
0: okay. Well, just. Uh, as far as like f is for family i feel like a lot of that um type of like sort of mean kind of like put down humor yeah does kind of come from the fact that it's also a period piece at the same time which That's is true. weird for a cartoon to do uh uh because in 73 is it to be specific i think so yeah yeah um so i think it might be like trying to capture kind of like what that was as well um and just kind of like growing up just middle class and you know I think it very much is
1: it's very much Bill bird talking about his you know his father mm-hmm. and his that kind of mentality and I, I totally think it's fair and I'm also on board with like I don't need overwhelming
0: negativity in my media you know yeah I um I was trying to think because I wasn't exactly like taken with it either like I watched it and it was good it was fine but like I found myself feeling the same way about F is for family as I did uh king of the hill and kind of just like a, this could just be live action. Um, I don't know if it's something like recent to where, like, you know, I, I feel like, uh, you know, like you mentioned the Simpsons takes advantage of it being animated. South park takes advantage of it being animated. Um, and even more recently, Bojack and Rick and Morty, like you, can't do that stuff otherwise unless you like blow out your budget right It ha- it's like it's capitalizing on the form it's
1: almost like dependent on it too.
0: yeah yeah and the only other the only one that kind of like breaks that for me and even then not completely would be like bob's burgers bob's burgers you could probably do live action um and like it would, it, it would still work you wouldn't need like special effects or crazy costumes or anything yeah um but but that's like the one that i could think of offhand that like kind of falls under the, the like, family comedy type of deal. The
1: similarities are definitely there. Yeah.
0: and Like, F is um, for Family could also be the Goldbergs, could also be Fresh Off the Boat, like, but 73, you know, White Irish Family. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I think maybe,
1: I think before we've talked about kind of like the, you know, with Rick and Morty and stuff, like the medium sort of subverting the, the content, you know, like, mm-hmm. especially, like, mature cartoons. Like, it's an age of cartoons that are, not for kids, you know, clearly not for kids. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just a taste thing, too, because I'm a, I, I did King of the Hill as well, but I'm not sure if I could totally argue the merits of why it kicks ass, you know.
0: Right. But people love that show. So, you know, it's probably the same sort of deal with that. So, uh, do you have anything else about F is for Family, or do you want to talk about that other show?
2: Oh, yeah. I, I mean, as, as far as F is for Family, I haven't listened to a lot of Bill Burr's recent stuff, and I kind of, Forget his general gist. So I mean, like I said, I I don't want you to talk it too much. I'm sure there's there's a lot of great humor to it, but I was just like, oh, it's so it's so negative. I'm I'm too <laughs> too fragile a soul. <laughs> so,
0: which is one of the things that I because I think Parks and Rec. I always said Cheers is my favorite sitcom of all yeah. time. I think it might be Parks and Rec now.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and that's one of the things I love about Parks and Rec is like it's so it is so positive and it just
2: yeah.
0: just Burrows itself in the positive. This is why, that's the exact reason why I stopped reading Walking
1: Dead as a comic book. Like, they got to a certain point. It's just like, and I'm, I just, I was like, I can't take this. I'm
0: this is awful. almost done with the first compendium, and it is
1: weighing on me. It's like, it's it's right, right towards Jesus the end of that first Christ. compendium that you have, which right around 40, that's, I think, one through 48, and right up through about 42, 43 with Michonne and the governor. I was just like, I can't. Yeah, it's this. just.
0: Rough yeah. that, and aside from that, just like consensually, there's a whole lot of fucking. There's a whole lot of fucking in The Walking Dead. Ain't nobody got time for that. The second, you got walls. It's fuck. The second, you got a talent, It's Fuck. Yep. I like know. no, the the, the show is much more realistic and cut like like
2: seven eighths of the fucking out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For real. For real. Um. So there, was there another show uh you want to
2: bring up? Um, just because I, I feel like uh, I, I, okay, let's talk about Bob and David a little bit. I know you guys have referenced it previously and again, I just like profess my love for Scott Ackerman and obviously that whole crew, I think they're talented and funny and great people, but for some reason I can't get into the Bob and David sketches so much. Hmm and I feel like I need to like go to group counseling for it or something because everybody loves it and I wanna love it too, but I just, just I,
1: yeah. Well, we talked about this um, earlier today, you and I, and Rich. and I, I think have talked about it, just it, like with it being sketch, it's it's sketch, it's by slightly older authors, um, you know, again, there's, a, there's premises that are great that aren't written maybe as strongly, and then sometimes there's great writing for like a relatively weak premise, so mm-hmm. yeah. Kind of stuff in the
0: air, but then also there's other times where like it just crushes and like it's firing on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason why it may seem like everyone loves it is because uh, people that try to practice comedy love yeah. it. Yeah. Whereas yeah. like it, it's always been alt. Mr. Show was alt comedy. This is alt comedy. Not everyone has seen it. Um, like the masses probably. Also, are just kind of like, um, I think with the Pope on a four wheeler, <laughs> which I think is one of my favorite fucking things in the show. With David
1: Cross in Arrested Development and with Bob Odenkirk in Better Call Saul and and Breaking mm-hmm. Bad, it's funny to think that like, I mean, I think that they're you know, I I haven't seen a ton, but like those two things are by far like amazing. So yeah, it's, it's clear that like, it's kind of like when you see like a director direct something that he didn't write or whatever, or an actor work in something that they didn't create every part
0: of. Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, It's like their for us project. Yeah. You do the for them, then you do the for (laughs) us.
2: Well, you know, one thing that, you know, Robert and I were talking about earlier um, today is if you watch the final episode, it's like an hour long behind the scenes um, deal. Yeah. And there's a part where like literally Bob is like line for line coming up with the same exact sketch that you see. Like mm-hmm. it's not being <laughs> filtered or edited or changed. He's just kind of yeah. coming up with it in real time and that's what the audience gets. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um it, it, it was really cool to see the the process though, too. Um the one step process, which is <laughs> dictation
1: <laughs> by Bob Odenkirk to I have a feeling
0: like that might be like a lot of how being in a writer's room with Odenkirk works as well. I bet. Just a lot of like him going and you just being like, yeah, that's... And Brian Post "Going like, yeah. Yeah. There's even a part where David Cross is like
1: trying to explain something funny. And Bob Odenkirk's just like, are we doing this? And he just (laughs) cuts him off. And And then David Cross is like, yeah, yeah, are we going? And it just like... Yeah, he is. He's kind of like the the mob boss. One of of my favorite
0: things. Have you ever, (laughs) Kelly, have you ever heard uh, Scott Ackerman's Bob Odenkirk impression?
2: No. God damn it!
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Christ. Um, So this episode will be dropping on uh, the eve of Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve Eve. Christmas Eve Eve. That's right. and a an American tradition. I don't know how big it is over in the UK, overseas, whatever else there is in this world. But I know I grew up on Christmas specials. Yes. Um. And I have a few of my own favorites uh, that I'd like to talk about and bring up for a little bit. But uh, what about you guys? Did you guys have anything that you would sit around, drink some hot cocoa to uh, on an 85 degree... Florida Winter's Night, uh and and watch a holiday special of. You know, um
1: I'm kinda blanking right now, but the one that I can say that I really enjoy, um I really like the classic how the Grinch stole Christmas. Yeah. Like I I'm sure there's others and like I said, I'm just kinda blanking on them right now, but I'm really a big fan of that one.
2: Well, I I feel like um our mom liked the claymation Rudolph. Um, and see, this is again my young memory. I can't can't remember what it's called or many of the scenes, but I know our mom really liked that. So I think about that one. Also, Christmas Story. I uh-huh. like one of my problems is for I feel like for many years I would wake up way earlier than everyone else on Christmas. So I would have to entertain myself for hours while like everyone else is sleeping in and like, oh yeah, they're all, you know, cozy or whatever. And so I just like watch Christmas story on a loop (laughs) until I can open presents.
1: Yeah. I will say too, um, I always really liked the Hanukkah episode of Rugrats. Yes, that was a great one. And very great. Having no no sort of uh, connection to the Jewish culture, I was just like, "Oh, this is great! This is a great yeah. story." And
0: like laid it out.
1: It did. It was nice, and it, it was really just a neat like just an explanation of a culture yeah. and like uh, you know a heritage and everything. And you know Dee and her her very you know Yiddish parents having Passover. It was cool.
0: Well, yeah, they had the Hanukkah one yeah, and they Han- had the Passover one. Han- yeah, they one. had two.
1: I'm thinking of the Passover one. I'm yeah. sorry. Passover one, I
0: really liked. Hanukkah one. The Hanukkah one was really good, too, though. Yeah. Um. And, like, yeah, it really... Like, it was a perfect time. Like, the audience for Rugrats, it was, like, the perfect time to, like, mm-hmm. hey, rest of the kids. Yeah. This is how... You know that other holiday that you know you don't know anyone that celebrates, but you hear about. Yeah, this is how it works. This is how it works, and you'll and you will meet more people that celebrate Hanukkah. Yeah, the older you get, um, Successful and and so people. you won't and so you won't sound like an asshole when you're like eight candles. What was it for again? Yeah, what are we talking about? Um, the uh, uh and like as far as like movies go, like yeah, you know, Christmas Story and like. There's, you know, the obvious ones as far as your classics with uh, Miracle on 34th Street, It's a Wonderful Life, and then even, you know, onto your, like, you know, your Christmas vacations and um Die Hard. And a lot of people well, are really surprised. Yeah. yeah. Die Hard is like the Yeah, it's a Christmas movie, the- you guys. It's yeah. like, yeah, 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 we're all okay. Yeah. We yes, we know it's a Christmas movie. Nice. Um, but like some more um like Unthought of uh, Christmas movies. If um, have, have you ever have either of you ever seen The Ref? Another one I started sleep watching
1: a little while ago. Yeah, I did not get far enough through it. But uh,
0: Dennis Leary, yeah. Kevin Spacey. Um, there's, I feel like there's more people in there as well. Um, that's kind of a movie that like I grew up on because my folks, for whatever reason, were like super into Dennis Leary, like. <laughs> Big into Dennis Leary, like parties on the back porch, and they're listening to No Cure for Cancer, yeah, <laughs> on on cassette tape. Um, so kind of like grow up watching that movie, which is like a solid Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Just Friends, I fucking think that movie's really funny. Um, Ryan, Ryan Reynolds, Reynolds. yeah, yeah. Um, Anna Faris, Amy Smart, uh, Chris Klein, um, Stephen Root, uh, really good cast. Um yeah. Uh so just kinda some kind of like sleeper Christmas movies. Trapped in Paradise with Dana Carvey, John Lovitz, Nick Cage. Um there's like another like early nineties Christmas movie where they're like all thieves or whatever and they're trying to like they, they robbed a place and they're trying to get out of this town, but they can't. And then like everyone in the town loves them. It's it's a lot of fun. Um yeah,
2: yeah. I don't uh that is quite an extensive list.
0: Check those out if you ever get a chance.
2: Will do.
0: Um, the one Christmas special I do want to bring up, because it is my favorite all-time thing to do for the Christmas holidays, is not A Muppet's Christmas Carol, but A Muppet uh, Family Christmas.
2: Okay.
0: A Muppet Family Christmas was a special in 1987. It's an hour-long special uh, featuring... Uh, the Muppets, uh, and they all drive unannounced to Fozzie's mother's house. If heard the farmhouse, Emily Bear's farmhouse, who uh, she was gonna go take a Malibu uh, holiday, oh. uh, and so she rented the house out to Doc and Sprocket from Fraggle Rock, and uh, so all the Muppets show up. She has to play host. Uh, long story short, it's the only thing to ever feature the Muppets, the Sesame Street Crew, and the Fraggles all on one forum. Oh, wow. That's yeah. A lot of Henson. Right a there. lot of Henson, uh, including maybe a cameo by him at the end. <gasps> yeah.
1: So that is sweet.
0: It's fucking great. I watched it last night um, and it just every year. I, I try to watch it every year and it's on YouTube. And the special thing about it being on YouTube is the original VHS recording of the original like broadcast of it is on YouTube, commercials and all. Oh, man. So you get those 1987 commercials, and it's amazing. Hell yeah. (laughs) Like, tell me you remember that Oshkosh-Bagosh commercial. I don't. You don't. (laughs) You don't. But it'll play, and you'll just be like, oh, my
1: God. I do know what you mean, though, because my original VHS copy of Batman... From 1989 had one, it had Bugs and Daffy hawking like a Warner Brothers catalog where you could buy merchandise and also an ad for Diet Coke with Alfred talking on the phone to a store talking about how, you know, Master Wayne was coming to get some Diet Coke. Just intercut with shots of the Batmobile
0: driving. And so, yeah,
1: it really was a golden age of
0: advertising. It was great um but yeah i i can't recommend that one enough it's it's legitimately funny too like there's some really great moments that still hold up
2: that's that's so cute i um i never watched the muppets i know my at least tony our other brother was into sesame street but i never watched sesame street either i was a blues clues girl all the way and um so I feel like a lot of these precious memories I, I missed out on. I feel
0: like that might also be a little generational because, like, when I was growing up and in like the formative years, where you would watch Sesame Street, mm-hmm. that's all there was. Yeah, it was just Sesame Street. Yeah,
1: maybe it is too. Because I, I, I can relate with Kelly that we I didn't grow up with a ton of Henson, you know, yeah. a ton of Muppets or stuff like that. You know, I do remember a lot of Blue's Clues, a lot of Nick Jr. Mm-hmm. stuff like that. Face. Yeah, face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: yes. so uh that's christmas um you know traditional christmas colors are red and green
2: Correct. <laughs> you know
1: what a christmas uh, christmas tree is kind of shaped like well not that
0: one that's a <laughs> busted ass christmas that's tree right little, there yeah i got one too
1: but they kind of look
0: like arrows hey wait a second Didn't we watch Arrow this week?
1: Yes, we did. (laughs) The three of us, all separately, so we all got to independently evaluate this show, all watched the pilot episode of The CW's Arrow, which is too cool to call itself Green Arrow. So strike one, Arrow. (laughs) Um no, Arrow came out in 2012. I'm actually just going off of the, the timeline in the show in which oh. Oliver Queen is lost at, uh, in 2007 and recovered five years later.
2: Yeah, I believe it came out in uh, October 2012 is when it premiered because I looked up the Wikipedia article. Uh, I wanted to make sure I was educated for this episode and I wanted to make sure that I was having the right feelings about it. Um. Because I had some feelings.
1: Yeah, I think we <laughs> all did. I know I did too. But again, just for, the, uh, for summary's sake and for those completely unfamiliar with the show, Arrow is a CW show based off of the DC comic book property, The Green Arrow, who is a regular human being who turns into a vigilante crime fighter um, protecting his native city primarily with a bow and arrow. There's lots more to be said about it, but if you really want to break it down, that's basically it. It's a guy with a bone and arrow who fights crime. (laughs) Sounds good. Um, It's a massive oversimplification. And I think that the the good and bad in that concept or the good and bad in the show comes from the way they fill out that concept. Um, Yeah, gut reactions, everybody. What would you say? Would you say you were down for it? Would you say you enjoyed it? We watched a forty pilot episode, forty-two minutes. Yeah, uh, just straight up origin. Yeah, origin story. Yeah, in particular, uh, Oliver Queen, Mm -hmm. uh, the the spoiled socialite, who was our protagonist, hones his craft and and has a change of heart because he is stranded on an island for five years. Uh, Yeah. Also, he is sort of informed to some intrigue. Uh, Some crimes connected to his family's past that um, is another
0: motivating factor for
1: him fighting crime.
0: Uh, I um, had a very good time watching the show. Uh, But while at the same time having moments of frustration uh, in watching the show, and this may just be from the way that we're kind of like trained to watch. Existing bits of uh, IP, as it were, that hot intellectual properties, Um, especially things with like big backstories or like large universes or something. Mm -hmm. Whenever, and this is what I'm getting at specifically, whenever somebody is introduced in a show that I know has like a, a lot that it's pulling from, and a character walks on screen and they go, Oh, it's you. Larry Witt guy, Mm -hmm. another great (laughs) fake name, right? You're fucking killing the game. Um, You know, I'm just like, Larry Witt guy. Well, he must, uh, he's going to either be, what's he going to become? He's going to have to be a guy that like eventually is, that's going to be a villain, right? It's going to be a villain, right? Or it's going to be like a a huge ally or something. Like anytime they say Aquaman. Is that Aquaman? That's Aquaman. That's Aquaman. Anytime they say the fucking first and last name, I freak out because I'm just like, I'm gonna have to remember this. He's gonna be in a mask at some point. What is happening? Mm -hmm. And I like get anxious over it, like, like for a fleeting moment, because then I just go back to like, all right, what's going on? But like, (laughs) just in the way that we're trained to watch, like, these now superhero shows. Like, you know, whenever we were watching Gotham together, like, it was, I, I would pause every, like, fucking it's, second and, I'm like, was that a thing? Is that
2: a dude? Robert, was that a thing? Did <laughs> they that? Did they that someone? Did
0: they do a thing there?
2: <laughs> I remember,
0: yeah. And so, like, this time I'm just like, is that a, was that okay? Nope. I got nothing. I got nothing. Okay, I'm flying blind here.
2: No, it's true, especially because, you know, I know Robert has a huge um, comic background that I just absorb very, you know, fringe information about. So I was like, you know, especially being spoiled by such successful, um, you know, reboots lately of like, oh, wow, they, you know, so much detail involved and like, oh, you know, you could almost like guess what they are doing, Like, oh, is this person going to be, you know, the person from that one comic? Um, But knowing it was from the CW and being biased against that, I was like, I don't know, you know, that's another reason I wanted to like look it up online. I was like, how much of this am I going to be appreciating? How much is flying over my head? Yeah.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, CW's previous show, I think the the primary previous show, and you can even argue the biggest DC television film property prior to the Nolan Batman's was Smallville. I think.
0: Yeah. And yeah. That's, that. Yeah. had a very strong fan base. It ran for like I want to say eight seasons. I think so. I think about eight seasons. Yeah. From
1: and again, I can. I'm pretty confident. This was pre Nolan Batman. So this was really. Yeah you could argue the revival the station and mm-hmm. uh, that show was like the revival of the dc uh, media you know and that show was did have a lot of hints but also did kind of try and craft out its own niche it was mm-hmm. like very like oh he does he's not going to show up in costume he's not wearing the cape and then so arrow um you know is going to come 2012 so marvel's rolling they're kicking ass um you know the dark knight has come out and so I think they're they're looking for properties to be successful, but definitely, um, you know, it's it, it's a it's a very good observation that um, by the time this show came out, the audience is very much trained to know that, like you said, this is based off of something. Yeah. So what are they what are they
0: getting into yeah. now? And also, be it what it is, it being on the CW is kind of low stakes as well. Yes. You know, like if you're gonna have the weird teenage superman story like put it on one of those you know second tier networks same thing with like yeah if you're gonna do a green arrow show put it on cw and like it's fine if it pops ratings then awesome great and if not it's like well it's on the cw yeah whatever whatever. carry
1: diaries um i it if anyone can recall when did green lantern come out with ryan reynolds Because that might have been a factor too. I want to say it was around the
0: same time, if not maybe like a little earlier, maybe eleven or ten. I wouldn't be surprised if Green Lantern tanking
1: may have been may have had something to do with this show being. You know what? Why don't we try this shit out as a show? Here's, not include
2: the adjective green. Yeah, (laughs) not call it green. And
0: here's the fucked up thing about Green Lantern, and reasons you should give DC props is that movie still made a butt-ton of money. Did it really? Yeah, yeah. It still opened really well in the States, and it's still fucking banked worldwide, which is anytime you ask, why is this movie franchise still going on? It's because it makes money
2: worldwide.
0: Yeah. They, for all intents and purposes, probably like we're going to do a second one. There's plenty of stuff set up in one yeah. that is just where are we going with too yeah mm-hmm. um and but at a certain point like they just probably because of the success of Marvel and their EU and all that stuff but yeah i mean you still got to give them credit for like making the call to not do
1: it yeah and again like you said to have the courage to take another property and give it a more low-stakes premiere. You know, I think, again, they they very much acknowledge what they're doing, and we we can get to this later, but this proved to be so successful that they started Flash, you know, and started crossing over a lot with that. And also, they they will be doing another show It's called Heroes of Tomorrow or something. Uh, It should be called The Brave and the Bold. It's The Brave and the Bold, which is like a classic DC title, but that's what they're hinting
0: at. It's like I think it's like defenders of something, like defenders of tomorrow or yeah, something, something know. like that. Just called the brave and the bold. Yeah, um, but I thought it was cool. I thought it was a, a cool origin story. Is it like faithful to what his origin story is? It is accurate. Um, basically, the the shipwreck
1: and the learn well um the green arrow is a very old character green arrow appeared in like 1943 yeah. he is a very very old character he's a golden age character and uh when the silver age and the justice league formed he was reintroduced he wasn't a founding justice leaguer but he soon joined the team i believe um and you know i'm kind of losing my geek credentials here but i think it's called the the longbow hunters or someone i think in the 80s someone Really crafted that origin story yeah. for Ollie of being stranded and kind of like a Robinson Caruso type mm-hmm. origin. So
0: the whole island thing is like it is, it canon, is what it is, even if okay, it wasn't cool.
1: from the 40s. That is canon sure. and that's commonly accepted of how Oliver Queen decided to do this.
0: Um, so here's something though that happened like right at on the get, uh, like they're doing like this shot on the island where it's like pushing forward and there's like a stick with like a thing on it it was like a uh, like an orange and black mask did you see that you saw that kelly right did you Uh, not see this
1: i started the episode i was watching the beginning but if i missed that in the second i turned away uh, that'll be some shit
2: yeah it was the same masks that the the people wore later in the episode is it oh, was it was really? It? I'm pretty sure it was. If
1: it's orange and black, it's yeah, something very. Specific. I saw.
0: Who do you think I'm talking about? I know who it is. Do you know who it is? I forget the name sometimes. Well, I know
2: who it is too, guys. I I, I know who it is. <laughs> <laughs> We're all just
0: bluffing. That um, mask must
1: belong to the, the shooty Wade guy, right? Wilson, also known as Deathstroke.
0: Deathstroke, yeah, he's the shooty guy. The shooty guy,
1: <laughs> uh, big time Teen Titans baddie. Um, very well, very much written as a as a antagonist to Oliver Queen. Uh, I didn't I didn't go back to like see I should have. From what I know, that's it. That okay. is what it is. That might he might be someone who helps him survive or okay. something. Fuck man, I gotta watch this again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad that that happened. <laughs> I was paying attention, but I know that I missed it. Because I was expecting something. I was like, hey, uh, one of my chief criticisms I'll get to later is his personality. But I feel like I thought like, well, at least it's believable that he could fight Deathstroke. I wonder when he'll show up.
2: <laughs> so Well, you know, I, I have to admit that I was also, you know, watching the episode kind of semi impaired because, you know, unfortunately, I just arrived in Chicago today. Mm-hmm. But Kelly's uh, not
1: sick. She just likes cold
2: medicine. <laughs> No, yesterday, you know, despite it being, you know, ungodly hot in Florida right now, um, I got sick the day before coming up here. So that that was a real bummer. But, um, you know, I was, I've been on cold meds all day, and I actually, like, took a break in the middle of the Arrow episode to take a nap. And I did have, like, a big, I, I did have, like, a change of feelings. Like, I felt like I may have been too grumpy in the beginning of the episode. Um, but... Yeah, I I feel like I did not. Um, you you re- you just mentioned that you don't you have some criticisms of his character, and I didn't know what to expect. You know, because it's okay. So this guy is rich and he's cocky. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I'm thinking of Iron Man and. <clears throat> you know tony stark that way i like tony stark is because it's like super realistic that like hey he's still an asshole but then you know oliver kind of comes back from his his time on the island and he's like all of a sudden like super wise and super moral and he knows russian and shit like that so it's like i just I, i didn't like it i didn't like it
1: i um and again quick you know you all should be watching the show rich gave you notice but um, the the majority of the pilot is is definitely post island. I mean, we see we see Oliver rescued within the first five minutes, and I did again. Props to that as a very well done segment. Um, nice Easter egg as it you see him with long beard and long hair, kind of like the classic Hansen. comic book look. Um, so very cool. Um, but it's all post. Uh, you know, ninety percent of the episode post rescue, and and he is he is he is typified or whatever as a he is like a zen badass master he's already back he already has a mission to accomplish mm-hmm. um and he's like this chiseled like i had to craft myself into a weapon um and i have to admit to i mean my my biggest criticism or dislike of the show is just i i don't think he's likable i mean i think yeah. he's he's just too serious he's a
0: sourpuss um <clears throat> well uh <sighs> all right, this is probably where I should admit I ended up watching the second episode right afterwards. No, awesome. <laughs> uh, and like they do, like they do address like some of the like personality things as far as like just how the whole like family situation's like broken and fucked up. Mm-hmm. And, um, like a little bit more reason, like a little bit more reasoning as, as to like, why like, 'Cause like shortly after the, the boat crashes and he has to like before he gets to the island, like shit goes down that like would change a person to be like, I don't uh True. things aren't fun anymore. Yeah, I was just trying to nail like my girlfriend's, my girlfriend's sister. sister.
1: <laughs> but now, now my dad no. just yeah did something. Yeah, like, boy. A lot less fun than nailing uh. girlfriend's sisters. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it just goes to show you man how quickly things can change yeah um but uh yeah i do like it it, it the show is constructed in a very smart way to get you coming back because not only is it going to get you coming back for that origin story but it has five years of island to keep flashing back to That so is so you a can great have storylines on the island to coincide and even parallel storylines in uh uh What's the name of the star? star Starling Starling city. Starling city,
1: which they're too cool to just call it Star City. So that's Strike Two, Arrow.
0: <laughs> I mean, you gotta count for like studio notes and stuff like that. Well, like how is Starling notes. City better than Star City? It's again dumb network notes. Like, dumb network Starling. It's city. it's like a matter of like picking and choosing your battles.
1: You know, it's a great DC city name, Opal City. Where Starman is a protector. Okay, Starman's awesome, but that's another show. We'll get there, I'm sure. Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah,
1: I agree with you entirely that the the setup of the origin is a great storytelling like device, you know, and that is very cool. Um, I will say, from a geek perspective, not that it bothered me so much, but the defining way that Oliver is written in comics is he is like a Pot-smoking liberal. He yeah. He is Dr. Goodtime, and... Yeah, that's right. He just is going to kick... He he's going to he, knock somebody out with a boxing glove arrow and then go have sex with his living girlfriend.
0: More, more <laughs> so than, like, a liberal. He's, like, a libertarian. Yes, he's a libertarian. Yeah. Exactly. He's a, a full-on, like, don't tread on me. He's a freak flag flying... Yeah. Know,
1: exactly. Like, I'm Justice League during the day, and... You know, make your own booze at night. Yeah,
0: yeah. And uh, so I do, I mean, but then again, like, was he like that from the get? Or does, because that could be something fascinating to see, like in season four, five, six, like down the road, like to see him, to see what makes him like that.
1: True. It was from the get, and I, I could see that it would be fun to see, like, it come from a place of like nihilism mm-hmm. for this character, but it really did seem to come from a, a place of optimism more in the okay, comic. Okay. You know? So I think that you could get there and it would be equally interesting, but it's, again, it's coming from a really different place. I yeah. Think.
2: Well, you know, something that I just, I couldn't shake was, okay, so the CW used to be the WB, right? Yeah. I mean, I... And I, I feel bad admitting this. Like I just I don't have a good perception of them. Right. I can't even think of of their recent shows, aside from the fact that I just associate it with like this, you know, and either, you know, confirm or deny this because I want to make sure I'm not crazy. Like I associate it with, like, oh, like super young. Glam, high society, live for today—like that kind of mentality—and I saw that reflected. Like, if <laughs> if that has any basis in reality, I saw that reflected in like you know. There's a scene where they're having a, a party for Ollie, and it's like I I just couldn't get over it.
0: Um, I feel like there might be like some of the shows, but then they also have shows like like Vampire Diaries, um, Supernatural is on Supernatural. Right? Yeah. Um, like, yeah, they have like they're different like quadrants that they do try to hit. Like, they have their sci-fi shows. They have their like they kind of you know now they're superhero shows yeah. and stuff. Um, I think it might be fair to say they're they they're looking younger.
1: Yeah. But I would you know I'm not sure. Yeah. It, it would be of a lot of different you know
0: demographics still. Um, something I I, don't... I super dug on the show was and and like would completely have me like coming back. Is it was all of the um, all the 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 stunt work, yeah, absolutely. Uh, all the fight coordination was like really great, yes, and really was. well shot too. For like, I hate it when fight scenes are just like shot up super close so you can cheat and you know get away with like it not looking that great. But all this shit looked really great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also loved how they focused on on uh, 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 Oliver's like athleticism and like gymnastic work, yeah, like. All that shit was like really cool, which kind of brings me like, well, how did you guys feel about Steven Amell as like playing Oliver Queen? How, like, how did you feel about like his performance? You said like the character wasn't that likable, but like him. I mean, impressive. Obviously,
1: I think a lot of what is driving the popularity of the show is a, a big huge hunk factor. You know, I think people like that. I think um, I really I would just appreciate him. Taking the concept like seriously, you know. Again, like we're superhero comics and ideas are are being more readily accepted, but they're still always kind of treated with like a, well, you know, this isn't serious acting work, or this isn't a real, you know, story. Mm-hmm. So I can uh, I can really appreciate anybody who's going to approach a character like that, a comic book character, with like the 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 top of their game, you know, as an actor and definitely
0: as a a physical performer, you know. He is. It's, he, what else has he like done? Not really anything. Um, I mean, not until most recently. He's going to be in the next uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie as Casey Jones. Ooh. Yeah, which when I first saw that, I'm like, Chris O'Donnell, huh? Because <laughs> <laughs> he does have a little bit of a resemblance he to Chris does O'Donnell. Like Chris O'Donnell. Uh, and then most recently, he uh, was in a match at this past SummerSlam. Uh, he For was real? in a tag match, yeah, because really? he has like a still ongoing like feud with Stardust. What they've done with Stardust, it was Cody Rhodes, and then who he, also kind of
1: looks like Chris O'Donnell,
0: a little bit. I could see that. Uh, he like you know turned had his own alter ego of Stardust, who like eventually turned into like this very comic influenced like super villain, basically is what he is, and. So, like, it started with, like, a few things on Twitter, like, you know, you have failed the city, which is a dope-ass catchphrase, by the way. You have failed this city. That's fucking dope. I like that a lot in the show. Um, But, yeah, so it starts out with, like, a little bit of that. Uh, and it also helps that, like, Stephen Amell, huge wrestling fan. And so he actually, like, went and, like, took some training, took it really seriously. Nice. And, like, came on Raw for some of the lead-up and cut... Like better fucking promos than like 90% of the goddamn roster. Uh looked like he wanted to be there, was all about it. Um and yeah, he was great. Uh, and it was a tag match. It ended up being a uh, a tag match between Stardust and uh what was King of the Ring winner, King Barrett, who again, for like they did this really cool like comic stuff. Like anytime they were going into a segment with Stardust or and versus like Neville, um, it would have like all this all these comic graphics and shit like that come on. It was like pretty cool. cool. Um, and so he became the uh, the Cosmic King Barrett. So Stardust, Cosmic King Barrett versus um, Stephen Amell and Neville, who was like the man that Gravity forgot. And he's like this big high flyer and everything. He's crazy. He's great. And it was a lot of fun. It was a really good match. And it was and it was and he did well. Um, and there's like some like, wrestling moves and the fight choreography that I see. And, like, this is the first episode he's probably already, like, sneaking in, like, fucking her and Karana's and shit like that. It's
1: great. I would say that, again, and we've alluded to this before, but DC is doing a great job of shooting themselves in the foot because, again, the show is a huge following. People like it. And, you know, and, again, I am I think it's fair to say, it's, like, again, like, I hear chicks, chicks love this show. You know, like, that's not a, your traditional comic demographic. No, But your thing is, is, like, this kind of, this kind of, uh, what's the word? Um,
0: like uh, cross promotional
1: yeah. or? Yeah, and what's the what's when you don't allow something like that? This not a barricade. A countries do it to each other. Shit. Uh, uh, uh,
0: uh, a um, no, I, uh, it's not boycott. It's um, uh, not an armada. No, it's uh, uh, a. <laughs> it's uh, uh I feel like one like. Pa- password yeah, or catchphrase or something. What is this? Uh, a um, uh, is it embargo? Uh, it's what, it's what we had embargo. with um. It's is it embargo-, embargo? Yeah, that's what we have with Cuba, right? Was it embargo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's another word that I'm not thinking of right now. But... Uh, 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 tariffs. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, economic sanctions. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Maybe uh, it's embargo. All right. Well, I'm sorry for destroying my own train of thought, but the point is, let's see Green Arrow in in the Justice League film. Not gonna happen. Or right now they're saying they wanna don't wanna do it. Or this Flash show that's really successful, they're gonna make a separate Flash movie, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's really pissing on all the good work that these guys are doing, you know. A lot of these shows too, um another great comic book writer who's helped develop the show, Mark Guggenheim, involved with it, just as Jeff John's been involved with all the D C stuff, but especially the Flash. But it's it is, it sucks. It's like People like this show. They like this character, and you're like, nope. Well, you know, aside from rights, which yeah might be hard to deal with, but can certainly be dealt with. There's no reason not to, but they won't.
0: So. This is sounding a lot like pretty familiar. And and I, I to bring it back to like wrestling, you have um, like it, it might kind of like be for the best because like all this little CW universe, they can kind of create their own thing, and just work within that, and like. Not have as much of a spotlight on them and not have as much pressure on them, True. and it kind of reminds me of uh, NXT, which like was WWE's like developmental territory and is now kind of its own brand. And as popular as it's getting, it doesn't have. It's not the main roster. It's not three hours of Raw every week and two hours of SmackDown and yeah. pay per views and and all that. <clears throat> it's an hour show every week with a two hour special four times a year. And it, it, it's good. It's really good. And you have these people who are like meant to, you know, be developed to go up to the main roster, but at a certain point you realize like, well, I don't, that wouldn't, that wouldn't be good for them. It wouldn't be good for them for me to watch them. Right. Uh, They're, they're going to, I don't want them to leave. Uh, Don't. Yeah, you know, and so like that's fair. Yeah. What are the chances like if they're able to, to you know, cross over Stephen Amell's arrow um, <clears throat> and flash and like into those movies? Who's to say they just don't fucking botch it? Yeah, you know, that's true. Yeah. Better not try. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, Well, just like for perspective, you know? Yeah, like, I agree. Just like they have a little bit more kind of freedom. They go a little bit more under the radar, you From know? From their perspective, yeah. they might just prefer.
1: And it but might you're... just be like,
0: this is going so well now. Let's not let's not fucking try to, to go nuts with it, yeah, you know? Yeah, let's
1: not go crazy. Yeah. You know, I, I did, I'd like, uh, I just want to mention one more thing I really enjoyed. I liked uh, Speedy, who is Oliver's, um, sister, who mm-hmm. in a very clever way, even though it was, the dialogue was a little ham-fisted, as a sort of reveal without the episode, she has some bad habits. Sure. And the name Speedy is applicable in more ways than one, and that is a very, very famous, famous Green Arrow storyline, part of the mythology um, of basically just finding his sidekick really, really hooked on drugs. So um, excellent foreshadowing there and very cool sort of like new way to integrate it into the into this show.
2: I, um, you know, not having that knowledge background, um, I appreciated that scene where we kind of discovered that about Speedy because that's where she admits like, hey, you know, you weren't just gone for five years. I thought you were dead. You were dead. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's like, I felt like that was a more like more emotionally sincere than i was getting from from oliver because yeah i mean i just can't hold back anymore i did not like him it was so distracting to to be so pissed at him for the whole episode yeah. uh i i don't want to be unfair i don't want to be sick and grumpy but i disapprove
1: hey fair enough i uh like i said i've had problems with it too let me get a real quick reaction Um, didn't seem to have any problem killing people.
0: Uh, Hell no, he didn't.
1: Snapped a dude's neck. Yeah, he did. Like, straight up.
0: Um, So how did people feel about that? I thought that was a pretty cool and important thing to establish early on. Because if it's not the Iron Man uh, parallel you're going to make, for me, it was like the Batman parallel. It's like, he's mortal. He's loaded. He's young. Yep. Big corporation he's inheriting. He wasn't already leading it he's inheriting it more of a street level fighter yeah. than a cosmic and so i was kind of like drawing those comparisons and then to like establish that like oh he'll just merc dudes from the get yeah like i was like okay all right but that's
2: could you imagine though like if he didn't like shoot to kill he'd just have like a horde of people with arrows sticking out of them like yeah. that's also not a good situation for anybody
1: yeah no that's true yeah. well he had the he had his boxing glove arrows. Which uh, like we might have to tweet out a picture of that a good old fashioned boxing glove arrow, but um, I I am I am fine with that decision. Um, I think that you have to make him less admirable. I mean, I think that I think that I'm fine with that decision, but that it entails a lot more on you to write him interestingly, cause, cause from that we know he doesn't he doesn't value life as much as somebody who wouldn't do that so if somebody who doesn't value life that much he's gotta i'd like to see him make some more ballsy calls you yeah. know it's like he, he might not do this with his mom and his sister but if like if someone's got like a hostage and he's like oh i'll kill her he'll be like yeah go for it dog like i'll shoot the arrow through them to you <laughs> <laughs>
0: um oh I mean, yeah uh, I
1: just think I, I'm I'm fine with that but I just have to see you carry it through because if you starts getting all you know oh the value of life or I'm yeah. not gonna kill this guy then you're just not staying consistent with the and
0: character from a, like a, a writing of the character perspective they may they may have like tabled that either for later or got distracted because they did also set up like a lot of other story things in this episode from like the island the list yeah um, you know uh, like the f- his friends, uh, that law firm with all the foxy lawyers. Um, seriously, how do you get a fucking internship at that law firm? They were nothing but attractive people there. Real foxy. Um, uh, what? Okay, his friend. I did, His friend pissed me off. Yeah. As, yeah. as much as you didn't like Oliver, I didn't like that douchebag friend. Mainly because like, in the back of my head, for whatever reason, I'm just like, oh, superhero friend. Oh, man, I liked Froggy so much in Daredevil. Of course. And I'm just like, this is like Antic Froggy, um, yes, yeah. Does you can just tell me now, like, does he become? Is he? I didn't, na- I, I didn't catch his name, Tommy. Who? I didn't catch his name, his full was name. Was so
1: no, <laughs> I didn't. Um, again, along with what I previously said, it's it basically seemed like at the end of the episode when he started asking some questions, Oliver was like, "You you should just be happy
0: you're alive." He was like insinuating he was going to kill his friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. no, he's insinuating that like if I. Didn't have all this shit that you're asking me about. Yeah. you'd be dead, and we, I'd be dead. We'd I, both
1: be dead. I, I took it as just like I'm gonna. F-. No, I took it as he was threatening to kill his friend. <laughs> no, no, he was
0: referencing when they got kidnapped.
1: Is yeah, what he was doing.
0: Um, but um, no, that. That's not anybody. Okay, and he's not gonna be anybody. And other big story cliffhanger that they set up was the whole, which was kind of eye rolly. If you ask me, it was like at the very end of the episode, uh, his mom like meets that shady figure out back and is like yeah i was the one who set up to get my son kidnapped oh. what does he know what did his father tell him mm. which like again did like on un- did it again in the second episode like and like raised the stakes and again it was just kind of like uh, I hate that you're doing this, but I want to find out too, and you're not doing it well, but I, I still want to know because there's other stuff Let that me, I like.
1: I'm glad you brought that up because I want to add one more thing I wanted to add just in terms of this show and in course of in superhero mythology. Um, and this also kind of relates to a major motion picture that you might be seeing sometime soon. Um, but, I'll, but I'll separate it from that. To me... Let me And let me start with an example and then extrapolate onto the theory. Um, there are mythologies where Batman knows who kills his parents and eventually captures the man. And there's other mythologies where he never finds that person and he never gets the satisfaction of, of catching them or whatever. I'm a much bigger fan of the anonymous criminal that you never find and you never get to redeem yourself. Because to me, the idea of heroism and all this stuff is about... Um, it's the selflessness of it, and it's whether or not you are ever going to get some personal closure on what you're doing, you're going to create a positive change, and it's going to be out there. I don't like everything having to be connected to the family because, to me, it, it's not that it trivializes it, but it does shrink the scope of it. It removes the altruism and removes some of the altruism of what you're doing. You're doing this because your dad doesn't like somebody else's dad. Versus like just like I'm gifted, I'm gonna do this. In Flash, they do the same thing. There is a conflict with the Flash's mom. She gets killed by somebody, and that's the whole genesis, you know? And so for me, I'm I am not into like the dark family secret. I'm just like, hey, look, this guy's a badass, and he's here to shoot arrows and shoot bubblegum, and he's all out of bubblegum. That's what's up. Uh, and he tried to chew the arrows, and that didn't, didn't work out. And the reason he's out um, of bubble gum is because he blew it into bubbles. <laughs> but then he put the bubbles on a wall, and he shot them with his arrows.
0: <laughs> um, uh, that that said, because uh, that, that is a good point. That does make sense. And the only reason this thought crossed my mind today is because today I work in the break room on IFC. Somebody had Batman Forever on. Good. I didn't put it on, I promise. Why not? Uh, and it was the scene... <laughs> Where uh, Bruce Wayne's like shutting everything down. He's shutting down the Batcave. He's like, I'm done. I'm telling Doctor Chase Meridian, this made-up character that no one ever gives a fuck about, played by Nicole Kidman. Mm-hmm. Who gives a shit? I'm telling her my secrets, and uh, and it's over. And Chris O'Donnell, ironically enough, <laughs> bringing it full circle, baby. Uh, as Robin is like, no, man, I got to go out there. I got to kill Two-Face. I I got I to... Gotta. And he says that, you know, Bruce is just like, and what then? You find Two-Face, you'll kill him, and then what? And in my head, my smart ass was like, oh, I got a temp job. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I think what that does do is that, you're right, uh, that does set up a... What it does is it sets up a crossroads. Like, you do fulfill this mission, but now you've tapped into these parts of yourself that you had no idea existed before. Uh Uh-huh. What now? And then, like, that's when you actually, that's when you have to, like, when you may before be preoccupied with revenge or, you know, uh, justice uh, for a personal reason, that's when you have to, like, step back and, like, look in perspective, like, well... I could either just disappear now or I can, for those altruistic reasons, like, do this now. Yeah. And I could do it, like, with a clear conscience. I don't have anything, like, in the back of my head going, like, what if? <laughs> oh, or who did it? You know, because that could be in the back of those those certain Batman stories. Like, he's just, like, still in the back of his head. He's just like, I'll never know. I'll never knew." <laughs> yeah. um, You know, which... Yeah, you're a good writer, Rich.
1: <laughs> well, I, I just, agree. That would that would be a very thoughtful character. Right. Would and think so, that? like, you know,
0: depending on how you handle that, it could work out well or it could work out shitty. But, like, yeah. it does set up an interesting situation, an interesting crossroads. That's true. And,
1: again, you know, if you're a good writer like Rich, you could possibly come up with a good reason, you know? And it's, um, you know, it's, it's almost like a... That was kind of done well with, like, the Iron Man stuff, which it it created this interesting dynamic of, well, you're trying to do good, but the only reason you can is because you make weapons. You yeah. Know? And there is that, that kind of sins of the father thing can be used very well. Yeah. Um, we've seen it work horribly. Like, any, like, Spider-Man connection to that stuff is just weak as shit, and it's awful. But uh, as, like I said, with Iron Man and potentially with Arrow, if you do it well it it does become a very cool motivating plot point cool. yeah, oh strike three arrow
2: <laughs> I, I agree with everything that's been said
1: oh, thank you, um yeah, you know cool shit i'll I'll probably watch more of it you know, i think it's i think it's neat, um
0: okay, yeah, so let's. We always forget to fucking do this. Rich, you pick this show up? <laughs> I already have. Is this the first? Like, yeah. I can't, I feel like there may have been one other show where like we watched the first episode and we looked at each other like, you want to watch another? Yeah. But yeah. I can't remember if that actually happened or not. I think we, what was it? I yeah. do remember something if like that. If it was, it was probably like super short or something. It may have been like Adventure Time or something. Yeah. Um. Although I don't think it was Adventure Time. I can't remember what it was. Yeah. But this is definitely like the first time that I've just been like, yeah, I'm going to let it roll. Yeah, I'm
1: going to watch another.
0: Yeah. Um. And I, yeah, I really like that. Uh, the the second episode, it got into it a little bit more, like with the family and all that stuff. Yeah. Um. It's good stuff. Good stuff. So I, I definitely, and just like yeah, it's, I've like just fucking opened the box. It's like I said, I've been putting this off for so long because I know I'm just going to fucking get into it. And there's like so much to it now with Flash and all that stuff, and a lot of that Flash stuff, stuff looks really cool. Stuff. Yeah, they a have like the, crossover episodes. Like Tom Cavanaugh plays like Reverse Flash. I like Tom Cavanaugh. He's all right. Does his thing. Want well, to see him play Reverse
1: well, Flash? If you like Tom Cavanaugh, you're gonna love Reverse, flash. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: reverse um, flash.
1: But like his name's Professor Zoom. Okay. Or technically, it's not. Um, but it's the cooler version.
0: Okay. But yeah, and it looks like they do. From like a lot of stuff I've seen people post about Flash on like Facebook and Twitter and stuff. It Looks like they do a lot more, like. Nods and, and, and references and like fan service stuff, like directly to the comics. Yeah. Than they they seem to do for Arrow. Yeah. Arrow is still kind of like Arrow is is shooting toward like
1: the broader demographic and pulling in the comic people, yeah. where Flash just seem to be shooting for the comic people. Yeah.
0: Like they straight up, up had like, like what Silver Age Flash in an episode or something like they had that? The, they had the Golden Age Flash. Golden Age Flash. Yeah. I don't and know. They had, there's uh,
1: yeah. oh, some good stuff yeah, right there. They just
0: like straight up just did it.
1: Yeah, I heard that they even even earlier in the season they did like a really great fanboy teaser for that, like just like an article of his costume came through mm-hmm. and it was like, oh snap, we know who that is.
0: Um, I I sorry to keep like derailing this, or whatever, but like that does bring bring to mind like villains. Like I've seen some clips of like some like crazy out there cool Flash villains. Yeah, like Gorilla Grodd and um the the giant shark man. Yeah, Killer Shark, Killer yeah. Shark. Yeah um what are some villains of green arrows that we have to look forward to so i believe
1: that uh in green Arrow, Captain we're gonna, cold right or that's a flash villain. that's
0: a flash villain yeah who am i thinking of boomerang guy
1: that's captain boomerang and that's also a flash villain
0: well i got nothing then um the
1: the green arrow villains we're gonna see like we talked about earlier deathstroke is seems to be the oh. primary antagonist um uh, there's another archer by the name of merlin who he's gonna fight a lot with i believe um who else is on? You know, I if I'm correct, I think there's some stuff with Rachel Ghoul in this Arrow Ooh. and the League of Assassins, like the Batman classic Batman villain, and it, that's they kind of come into conflict with him. Um, I wonder if Doctor Light's on this show. That's a good. If anyone here is interested in uh, a good Green Arrow story and one of the best ever DC comic book stories, I know Rich. Read this when we were living together. Please read Identity Crisis by Brad Meltzer and, um, shoot, uh, Rags Morales. Um, absolutely excellent. One of the fine, without a doubt, one of the top five DC comic book stories ever.
0: And Green Arrow is dope as hell on that. Dope as hell. Best,
1: best written Green Arrow. Best, one of the best fights uh, in, in DC history. And it involves Mr. Deathstroke. And it is impressive. So please get that identity crisis, uh, excellent book.
2: Hmm. 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 Kelly,
1: do you pick up Arrow? Would you, if you were an executive or someone, would you order a whole season run of it?
2: Just okay. And if
1: not, what are or if you would conditionally, what are your notes?
2: All right. See, it's tough for me because you guys are really great at like critically analyzing things and thinking from like the money making point of view and the art point of view. And I just have Kelly on the couch point of view. So for me, <laughs> you know, my instinct is to not pick it up. And here's some of my reasons because I, I don't need another, you know, pretty boy with money on TV. Who's, you know, character just seems relatively shallow so far. Um, I think it's, in my opinion, it was the, the, plot was just excessively dramatic and even though it was canon it really threw me off and it did not feel natural with his backstory i feel like i don't know i feel like it was strange to encounter and learn about him first off like maybe that would be cool to know down the line like i would maybe be more intrigued if i had you know run into green arrow doing, doing his thing in a city and you know I don't know. Just saw him more progressed first as opposed to a baby hero.
1: Gotcha. I understand. Well, I'll tell you this. If I was stranded on a desert island for five years, not much I'm going to be doing other than growing a beard and becoming emaciated. So
2: He looks great with that beard, though. Not going to lie. Really missed Did it.
1: I, I would give them mad props if they bring back that beard. As time goes on, that would be so cool.
2: You know what is, his face reminded me of? Um, uh, Chris O'Donnell? No, no. Dexter. <laughs> Dexter. John,
0: Michael no.
1: C. Hall? Is that Sounds
0: him? right. Yeah. I, I never really watched Dexter, so let's go Michael C. Hall.
2: Okay. Um, yeah, so that's, that's all I could think about staring at his face, and so I'm used to looking at that face and seeing, like, dead eyes, and then I kind of got that again with Oliver, and I was like, I, this is not what I want right now.
1: You know, I think um, I think you should lose a hand, and they should replace it with a bow, and it'll just be <laughs> bow hand.
2: <laughs> Little bow <laughs>
1: <laughs> Alright, I'm starting to lose it. Okay. Um, I like the show. I'd pick it up. I think they're doing a good job. I think um I wouldn't put that guy on notice, but you gotta bring some fucking levity. This is like um this is like what? This is like uh matzah or something, you know. You need to leaven that bread, baby. You need to make that shit rise. You need to get some laugh bubbles yeah. in there. Yeah. Um, you really do even just the thing about the color palette. You know, it's so like kind of cold and urban and everything. Mm, grab. Like, I just need to see some levity in this show. Yeah. And, um, and flaw. You know, I think that's another character thing that maybe is what I'm disliking is, um, they're making it like his angst and his problems are a flaw, but he still seems pretty flawless. You know, if you're like the strongest, most badass guy, he's pretty in the right in every situation.
0: Exactly. Like he- minus. Uh, fucking your girlfriend's sister yeah
1: aside re- and again maybe that's what made the original character cool is that you know you need some flaw and i didn't yeah. really see that you know so uh and and stuff yeah,
0: yeah just that's just making me rem- just, that's just reminding me of how you were talking about like his political views earlier and that just like adds just another dimension of character and it just gives him a point of view whereas like yeah. right now he's kind of like flat and yeah, he does need the he, he, he make the bread rise. Yeah, and maybe it does. You know. Yeah, throw some baking soda in there.
2: Yeah, I mean to that effect. One of my favorite moments. I mean, post post nap after I had paused Arrow when I was in a better mood. Um, he the part when he's talking to Laurel, the the ex girlfriend, and you know. She's, you know, kind of trying to kind of edge her way back into his life. And then he totally shuts her down, even though you can kind of tell, like, oh, he still loves her. But he's, like, protecting her by being an asshole right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought that was was when I felt best about him because it was like, oh, finally, like, he is sacrificing something. Yeah. You know? It it felt good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like a hero rather than just a again a crazed murderous <laughs> vigilante which you know again it's like it's a fine line with these urban heroes so like what makes them what makes them redeeming you know yeah. if he's a guy who just shoots arrows he's like the fucking dc sniper
2: <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> um good note to end on yeah uh, we got some uh, uh feedback Oh, nice. Um, which uh, this one kind of actually ties in oh, cool. to what we've been talking about. Uh, if you listen to the elevator pitch uh, where I announced that we were going to be watching Arrow, uh, kind of put Ray Donovan on blast a little bit there. Uh, just because like, I, I, I don't know anybody like in our age range, our generation that watches like Ray Donovan. For the so. amount of good things I've heard critically about it, yeah. I don't know a single person who watches it. Well, underscore crawdad man. Uh, Hit us up on Twitter. Uh, Ray Donovan is his second favorite show on television. Uh, First being The Flash. So there we go with that. And and thank you for you know what, Kyle. Someone had to come to Liv Schreiber's (laughs) (laughs) his uh, defense and his aid (laughs) because I was unfairly attacking him. Um, So thank you for that.
1: So who would win in a fight? The Flash or Liv Schreiber,
0: twenty four seven HBO narrator Liv Schreiber, I go with that because he'd narrate the fuck out of that fight. Yes, yes, it'd be so compelling. Who,
1: who would you fire out of a bow first? Twenty four hour uh, HBO narrator Liv Schreiber or um, Wolverine Saber Tooth Liv Schreiber?
0: Oh man. What are you firing him at? The Flash. <laughs> so he's going to miss.
1: No, this isn't immobilized. He's got his back turned. He's got his back turned. That's The Flash's secret weakness.
0: <laughs> you can just blind slide him. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Leave Schreiber from The Ten. Okay. Uh, do you remember that movie at all?
1: I don't. He's, I remember the title.
0: It was like a David Wayne movie. It was like segmented about like the Ten Commandments. Um, what it was weird and it didn't go over that well um it was like weird uh but the trailer was like really funny because it had like a shit ton of people in the movie okay and so the voiceover on the trailer was like going through each person but like as it went on it just became more just like gibberish so it was just like you know paul rudd uh uh, uh jessica alba leave schreiber out of your <laughs> so whatever I hear like "Leaf Driver, like that's what I think of. Um uh, uh saber tooth. Saber Okay. I think that's fair. Oh, uh and then Facebook. Facebook. Uh we got hit up on Facebook this week. Uh our friend Tati uh shot us another message uh, oh, nice. thanking us for the shout out on the pitch. Um and uh she said that she uh, also be watching the pilot of Arrow with you. Um and then there was a request here in the new year. You saw this? I believe I saw this. Okay. One. And I'm not diametrically opposed to this either. Um it was a request here uh and I think there might actually be a yes, actually there is a review to go with this. So let me pull that up. Um but the request is for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Awesome. Um but the further request, uh, uh, just friends to friends, uh, to Skype in uh, with her and Samantha Mullet of Married With Movies, uh, which I might have to like make that be a talent exchange type of thing. Like, If she gets to Skype in on one of our fucking shows, we get to Skype in <laughs> on Married With Movies. You bet we do. So I'm just laying that down on there. Uh, also, she pitched our friend Dan Carpell uh, to be our podcast correspondent to the CWDC universe. Oh, I Dan is a is a good man and a great fan and knows oh, a
1: good man. Great fan, Dan. <laughs> so I would I would be very into that. So uh,
0: go ahead. I was going to say, hey, Dan. Hi, Dan. <laughs> hey, Dan. Uh, all right. So the uh, review here is uh, titled 30 Seasons in a Movie. Hashtag 30 Seasons in a Movie. And it's from Tati? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Rich and Robert have the kind of chemistry that make podcasts popular and entertaining. They can venture off topic and I'll find myself interested by whatever they're talking about. Their reviews of current television makes me want to watch more TV. Mm-hmm. Sorry about that. Uh, the, my editorializing it right there. Uh, further, their reviews of pilots are insightful while comedic. I look forward to the elevator pitches every other week because I like the big reveal of what's to come. Basically, 10 out of 10 would pick up this podcast. Oh, thank you so much. That thank is you. an incredibly
1: kind and sweet thing.
0: An honest thing to say. Yeah, and 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 thank you for not making me say, like, gross, dirty stuff. Yeah. Which you can, because whatever the review says, I'll read it. You guys are just sleeping
1: on that. Y'all listening are just sleeping on Rich's promise. I shouldn't. And I will... Uh, I should do something in compliment too, like if you're willing to read whatever um if you're re- willing to read whatever's written in a review, I should have to do something as well. I don't know what it is though seventy burpees. I was Kelly thinking about said. some sort of physical, physical activity challenge. within within moderation if you give me a physical
0: challenge and then i I will report on whether or not. I could do it at the moment. <laughs> uh, tweet at us your suggestions for what Robert's physical challenge if, should be and what it, what it should entail, like what it should be triggered by.
1: If you Or if you specifically request it, if you specifically ask, I will send you a photo of me shotgunning a beer. <laughs> <laughs> it will be a completely original, no repeats, has to be done.
0: I was, gonna, I was just about to call you out and be like, Oh what? So you're gonna send one of the 30 you already have on your phone? I will I will I will
1: specifically and will hold up like today's newspaper while I do it. But you have to rate us, review us, and it has you have to explicitly ask me to do it.
0: I love how Kelly and I are just laughing our asses off, and Robert has the straightest face. I got my arrow face on right now. <laughs> So tweet that to us at pickeduppod. Uh uh Rob, what's your what's your Twitter handle? Uh
1: you can find me at mbravo, mbravo. And you can find me on Instagram at real.rob.bravo.
0: Sorry, I'm kinda of hijacking this portion from you here. Sorry. No,
1: no, not at all. Please. Yeah, use that if you if you'd like to request. Um, uh Kelly, where can we find you on social media?
2: Um I'm well, I don't suggest following me because it's a big <laughs> waste of time. But my unless
0: no. you're looking to like, who's this Scott Ackerman guy and why is he so great?
2: True, I can give you a whole list of reasons. Um, if you want to hit me up, I on Twitter and Instagram, I'm KBotSuperDupe's. Um, that's that's my deal. Totally. totally. Yeah, and just
0: follow because it's an awesome handle. Yeah, that's a that's
1: a that's a good one. Yes. Uh what about you specifically?
0: Rich? Uh per the use you could find me uh on Twitter, Rich Cammy, Instagram, Rich Cammy4, Snapchat, Garlic Not forty <laughs> four. Uh, <laughs> I think that's the first time
1: Kelly heard that.
0: It's
1: a solid one.
0: Um yeah, uh, what else? I don't yeah. really do my vine anymore or anything like that. Yeah. Uh for the for the yeah. show at large, there's
1: a variety of ways. Email us pickeduppod at gmail.com or pickeduppodcast at gmail.com podcast. there we go uh, you can search Facebook find us by searching picked up podcast. again if you want to officially submit your review um, rate and review us through iTunes or through whatever other um, podcast playing medium you use if it's something other than iTunes please let Rich know tweet at him or get get to us on Facebook and uh, you know write on a wall on Facebook with your suggestion after you've rated and reviewed And then finally, if uh, you want to tweet at us for anything, you can always tweet the show at pickeduppod. Oh, yeah. I think that about does it. Uh, Kelly, any final words before we sign off?
2: I was just going to thank you for having me. This has been a delightful experience, and I love you both.
1: Oh, Thank you very much, Kel. Well, we're very glad to have you. If you're in the Chicago area for the next few weeks, uh, find us, and we'll hang out. Talk shit about Arrow. It'd <laughs> be great. Hell yeah. Um, um, how I'm, about you? I'm Rich? good, man. You know, I'm, I'm good. good. Yeah. I think so. Well, yeah. Well, hey, this was a good one. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, thanks for. Uh, I already said thanks for listening. I start. Sorry. One second. Yeah. Thank you all so much for listening uh, to another episode of Picked Up. Keep your dial tuned to Awesome.
0: This has been a swoggle Network production. Visit Podswoggle.com for more of that sweet, sweet entertainment.